Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Hey everyone, today we are wrapping up this week's focus on the doctrine of man. And as a little bit of a recap, on Monday's episode we covered sort of what God's original intention and role and responsibility was for us as humans in the garden and what that plan was. And then on Wednesday's episode we talked about the image of God and what it means to Uh, be an image bearer because uh, after the fall, uh, Adam and Eve had a changed relationship with God. And so one question we really need to address from a doctrinal perspective is exactly what changed? How did that affect Adam and Eve? Well, in addition to them now being outside the garden and having to deal with sin and death and all these other things and and the the curse uh, of sin, Um, But what happened to the image? And we talked about how, well, I I don't know that anything happened to the image because the image is God's intention for us as humans, and that has never changed. And we know that partly because of what we're going to talk about on today's episode, which is where we're headed, what our ultimate destiny is as humans, according to the Bible. And I say destiny as a singular, but really it should be destinies, plural, because according to scripture, there are two ultimate destinies that await humans. And the really, I think, fascinating, uh, it's it's kind of a sobering topic, if I'm being honest, but, but it is also fascinating in this way, that when you look at it from the, the perspective that I'm going to share with you today, It really, I think, is true that no matter what you believe, no matter which of these two destinies you end up with, when it's all said and done, every single human is ultimately going to get exactly what they want. No one is going to end up in an eternal destiny where they would have rather had the other option. And that's, to me, just a fascinating thought. And I'll talk a little bit more about what I mean by that in just a minute. But for the first ultimate destiny, we have all humans who have become rebels because we are born outside the garden and we inevitably sin and we rebel and we choose not to follow after God. Our heart leads us astray. And as a consequence of that, we rightly deserve death. Now, Jesus has made a way through his death and resurrection to reconcile us to God so that we don't have to continue to rebel. But the fact of the matter is that there are many, as Jesus said, those on a wide path who will continue to follow the way of destruction. And so they will remain rebels to the bitter end. And not only will they remain rebels, but that they will actually join those who are rebels from the spiritual realm. If you recall back to our uh, last week of Fruit Snacks, when we were talking about the quote-unquote bad guys in the spiritual realm, that there are numerous spiritual rebels 
who at various times and for various reasons have chosen to go their own way, go astray, and to disobey and disregard God. And the Bible talks about how God has created a place for them, for the devil and his angels, for these demonic entities, for these sons of God who have rebelled and have fallen away, that God has created a lake of fire where they are going to be placed forever. But ultimately, God is also going to place those who are humans who have chosen to rebel there as well. And part of the reason for that is I think that this is where they would rather be. If you give these people a choice between living forever in the presence of God, which is inescapable if you read what the Bible has to say about what heaven is going to be like. There's nowhere you're going to go where you're not in the presence of God. If you gave these people the choice between that kind of a scenario or living as tormenting and as uncomfortable and as not ideal as it is, living forever away from the presence of God in hell, they're going to choose hell. That is how much they do not want to acknowledge God. And so in this way, C.S. Lewis put it this way, that the doors of hell are locked from the inside, meaning that as bad as it is, they would rather be there than in the presence of God, because that is how much they do not want to be reconciled to God. We see passages like this and, and hints at this idea uh, in passages like Revelation 9, 21, 16, 9, 16, 11, and then uh, ultimately this the lake of fire in 2015 of Revelation. But in these first three verses, we see example after example after example where God sends plagues, he sends pestilences, he sends judgment. And part of the intention there is to break people, to break them of their pride, to break them of their rebellious spirit, and to wake them up to the fact that there is a God and they are not him. But these passages continue to say over and over again that no matter what happens to these people, no matter how much agony they're in, no matter how much death and destruction that they see around them, they did not repent of their sin, of their sexual immorality, of their murders, of their witchcraft, of all these things that God says is, is sin, it's rebellion against him. No matter how much judgment God brings, they will not give it up. And that ought to tell us that if that's true in this life, what exactly is supposed to change? after someone dies and they enter the next life, if that's the attitude that they had. There's really no good reason for thinking that that should somehow change. Now, for those who do choose to throw themselves at the mercy of Jesus and to give up their rebelliousness and to return to their status as sons and daughters of God, to basically re-enter into our intended inheritance as members of the family of God. Uh, we have a radically different destiny. We see in 2 Timothy 2.12, in Revelation 21, and in 1 Corinthians 3.11-15, just a glimpse at what this entails. In 2 Timothy, we see that, that those who endure are actually going to rule and reign alongside Jesus in the kingdom to come. That just like 
God originally intended to delegate role and responsibility to Adam over creation, that God intends to do the same thing with us in the new creation. And in Revelation 21, we see an amazing description of what exactly that is going to entail, and it's going to be incredible. The whole earth is going to be like Eden, and God basically gives it to us and says, I'm going to be here with you. It's yours. Rule and reign over it. And then 1 Corinthians 3, we see that our choices in this life, as Paul alludes to, are going to have a direct impact on what exactly our role and responsibility will be. But the point is, is that no matter uh, what it's going to be like, because we can't ultimately know until we get there, it's going to be radically different than the destiny of those who choose to remain rebels. But these are the two ultimate destinies. It's one of these two places. There are no other options. And so the question for all of us is, will you choose to remain a rebel until the bitter end? Or will you choose to embrace the sacrifice that Jesus made on your behalf and become what God always intended for you to be? 